Seems like only yesterday, and we were talking with our friend Jonathan Horwitz, who's the new education writer at the Desert Sun. Well, you know what happens when you have multiple cities with city council meetings on the same night? It means that other reporters have to draw the short stick and go and watch city council meetings so that they can adequately report on what's going on here in the Valley. And it seems like that's what happened with Jonathan. Hey, welcome back. Hi there, John. How are you? Great, thank you. Well, you're the new kid on the block, so Julie Mackinnon is sending you off to Cathedral City. I don't know if that's a a positive thing or a punishment, but it is the life of a reporter, uh, and we're so glad that you were there because there was a lot of news that came out of that meeting last night. I saw three stories last night and this morning from you from that one meeting. That's right. All the attention was on the meeting taking place in Palm Springs with regard to the apology for Section 14 and the Bogart statue. Right. I think less there was less anticipation about Cathedral City, and it turned out to be a very eventful meeting. Indeed it did. And I'll tell you what, I actually sent a letter to a friend of mine who works inside City Hall, and I said, when are they going to open these meetings back up to the public being able to be in person and in attendance? And I heard it might be within weeks now, but uh, I'm anxious for it because as a resident of Cathedral City, I'm starting to scratch my head about what these knuckleheads are up to inside that city hall. And I I like to be a cheerleader for the cities across the Coachella Valley. So I'm not somebody who likes to sit here and argue and fight with them, but there were definitely some interesting things and we'll we'll get to them. I want to start with a story that I first saw um, published maybe in the last week in the pages of the Desert Sun that city council member and restaurant owner Mark Carnavali had had a complaint filed against him with the Fair Political Practices Commission and this had to do more with technicalities related to his uh, filings with the Election Commission. Can you tell us a little bit about what that was and what happened last night with regards to this? That's right. So Councilmember Carnivale had some financial documents, tie, or rather his campaign finance documents, uh, tied to an address in which he says he no longer lives. And so there could be a clerical error or something else going on with those documents. But a tip was filed to the FPPC, the Fair Political Practices commission in the summer that suggested there might be something wrong with those documents. And uh, a probe was was launched by the FTPC to investigate. And it's uh, unclear whether the the probe is officially closed. The FTPC's website says the case is listed as open and pending, although it's possible that Carnivale has reached a settlement. Last night at the city council meeting, he did say that uh, he had made uh, that he would like to apologize for creating any embarrassment to the city with regard to this probe and that the case is now closed. It does seem like really a technicality over the address, but the reason that I think uh, it might matter and there might have been some concern by whoever, and I've seen various speculation as to who may have filed that complaint with the FPPC, but it seems like people would be concerned about this if, in fact, he may have changed an address that would have put him, now that Cathedral City is elections by district, 
might have meant that he now lived in a in a different district. But from your colleague Aaron Rohde's uh, reporting that I had read originally on this, it seemed like um, city officials, I think Charlie McClendon, the city manager, had indicated, uh, while not revealing the actual address, had said that he was still within his district. Is that right? I uh, believe so. Uh, but again, it's unclear looking at Aaron's past reporting um, whether Carnivale does still live within his district or or not. So I think there's still uh, some, some clarification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mark, keep your paperwork in order. You should know better as a business owner, too. And as one of the longest sitting city council members we currently have right now, that's what I've got to say on that. Now, let's move along because the school district and the city apparently have come to an agreement with regards to a new school resource officer for Cathedral City High School and Mount San Jacinto Continuation High School. Is that right? Correct. So over the summer, there was holdup in negotiations between Palm Springs Unified and the cities with which it works. Normally, this goes back many years, even decades for some cities, a police officer has been contracted by the district to be stationed at each of the high schools within that district. And there was no officer, and there continues to be no officer at any of the high schools in Palm Palm Springs Unified since the beginning of the 2021-22 school year. And there's been a lot of speculation as to why that might be, whether it's political. Uh, Sheriff Bianco from the Riverside County Sheriff's Department has suggested that it might be tied to the defund the police movement or another activist movement. And others have suggested that it could be strictly financial and an issue of uh, the salary that the district pays for uh, the officers. Wait a minute. Why would why would the sheriff be concerned about this to begin with since Cathedral City High School and Mount San Jacinto are in the city of Cathedral City, which is not an area that the sheriff's office has jurisdiction? That's a great question. Palm Springs Unified also works with the community of Rancho Mirage, and Rancho Mirage contracts its police work through the sheriff's department. So to clarify, Palm Springs Unified is working with various police departments, including the sheriff's department, and negotiations are underway with each of them, or they're nearing their conclusion. And Cathedral City, last night at its city council meeting, was the first to approve its new contract with the district. Tonight, Palm Springs will be looking at its new contract with the district. So can I ask you, because this is an area where I was a little bit confused in the story. Yes, Palm Springs Unified has schools that are in Desert Hot Springs, Palm Springs, Cathedral City, and Rancho Mirage. But it's it felt like from reading your reporting, Jonathan, that PSUSD was going to pay the city of Cathedral City specifically for one officer $176,000. Is that correct? That's correct. So that is the price that Palm Springs Unified will pay just to Cathedral City to reimburse the city for one police officer's salary from the time from from now or from the time that the contract is uh, ratified by the school board uh, in a couple of weeks until the end of the school year next June. That SRO, he's going to split his time between those two high schools? Correct. 
Okay, well, they're not, they're not that right. far apart, but, but still, for a hundred and... Look, ladies and gentlemen, and Jonathan, I'm sorry to bring you into the middle of this, but I, I, I do want to point out that our average median income in this area is around $35,000. And I think that that begs even greater questions as to what one officer in one city within the school district, they are paying $176,000 for that officer. $176,000. And and John, if I can add to that, that's the salary of the officer being paid by the district. The police department is also absorbing additional costs related to staffing that officer, which include overhead professional development, IT supervision, and, and other sundry items. So the the actual cost of having a school resource officer is higher than the listed 176000 And tonight in Palm Springs, the city council will be considering a contract evaluated at $182,000. I brought this up before. We've gone to the public disclosure records in Palm Springs. I remember looking at salaries of everybody over $200,000. And of the 69 people who at the last time I looked at Palm Springs, the 69 people in city government who made over $200,000. And granted that that includes overtime. It includes some side money that they get for various other events. It includes the value of their, uh, of their pensions and so on. But all benefits inclusive and salary over 200,000 of those 69 people, only 10 of them worked in City Hall. The rest of them worked in the fire and the police department. And I didn't realize that being a public employee, even in a dangerous job like public safety officers have, that you're going to make seven, eight times or more what the average Joe or Jill in our community makes. That, that to me, is insane. So 176000 doesn't even cut it for what Cathedral City is paying for this person who is basically a cop of high school kids. That, that's mind-numbing to me. The council approved this on a 5 nothing vote. Did anybody express any concern about that much, that, that much expense for this one position? Uh, no, none of the council members did, at least not at this meeting. <sighs> okay. I have to stop talking about that or I'm going to have another stroke. Let's move right along. The next part of this city council meeting that you covered last night, the city is no longer going to require proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test for indoor dining. Really? Yes. And this was one of the more hotly debated items between the council members last night and the decision came in a split vote with Rita Lamb voted no and the other four members voted yes uh, with council member Nancy Ross voting first. She seemed to be very conflicted. She asked uh, the clerk for more time to think over her decision and ultimately she ended up voting yes but added a caveat saying she was doing so in a sign of solidarity and compromise with other board members which was sort of interesting. Before the vote, uh, Mayor Pro Tem Gutierrez had spoken about how the city was, was uh, in his estimation, failing to support restaurant businesses and that 
restaurant businesses have been struggling under the uh, proof of vaccination or negative COVID test order, and uh, that he thought in order to support the these businesses, it was time to uh, lift that order, which ultimately ended up happening. Well, both uh, Councilman Gutierrez and Councilman Carnivale are restaurant owners, and it would seem to me that it would be appropriate for them to not vote and for them to uh, have to abstain from voting on this matter because they have a vested interest in it. Uh, and I don't know that we have any proof that the downturn in people going to restaurants has to do with the fact that they have to have proof of vaccination. It could just as easily be the fact that the Delta variant is killing people. Did he address that? That uh, Mayor Gregory brought up that he likes to make decisions based on data. And before this vote was made, uh, there was a presentation that September 2021, this month, has been one of the deadliest in Cathedral City since the pandemic began. Uh, I believe uh, eight or nine people, uh, residents of Cathedral City, have passed away this month from illness related to the coronavirus. So, Certainly, they reviewed numbers uh, that showed that uh, the virus is still within the community, and there was no talk about what might be the uh, the real cause of uh, why people are eating out less, whether that's fear or any political uh, mandate or something else. Well, um, but there was another quote that was in your story last night uh, from our. Uh, Councilman Gutierrez, uh, he said, and this isn't the first time I've heard him say this, quote, the science behind masks is ridiculous. It's absolutely untrue, end quote. Now, did anybody on the council challenge him on that? Yes, he was uh, challenged on that. In fact, uh, uh, Councilmember Lamb said that she believes very strongly in uh in the science and in masks and in vaccinations. And uh, Councilmember Ross uh, did as well, uh, saying that um, mask wearing and vaccinating is what's keeping us protected from the disease as best as anything other than us all going back to staying in our homes, which, of course, is not uh, reasonable at this point in time. Yeah. Well, I... (laughs) I, I'm sure that there's going to be more interesting stuff to come. Um, anything you can tell us uh, beyond that in the next 30 seconds here that we can look forward to reading in uh, the Desert Sun? Sure. Well, w- with regard to this issue, the uh, the mask, the citywide mask mandate, which was extended until the end of October, uh, will be a topic of conversation again next month. So look to see whether it's extended once again or if that will be the end of it in October. Great. Well, Jonathan Horwitz, thank you so much for joining us again on the John McMullen Show, and we'll look forward to our next opportunity to catch up with you. There never seems to be a lack of things to talk about uh, these days, and, and you have been a wealth of information, so we appreciate that so much. Thanks, John. Take care. You too. And if you want to read any of these stories, you can do so again at DesertSun.com for digital subscription. First six months, if you're a brand new subscriber right now using the code W-PG, 
It's just one buck for six months. You can't beat that with a stick.